Hello, is anybody here? You don't have to be afraid. I'm just here to talk with you. I am a seasoned paranormal investigator with a growing resume. I began investigating the paranormal when I was 16 years old, where I learned the tricks of the trade from a dear friend of mine. Since then, I've been a paranormal tour guide at the Ohio State Reformatory, have been on paranormal teams where I have investigated private homes, and have given presentations on real-life ghost busting. Now, I'm on a quest to explore all realms of the paranormal through expert interviews. I'm Sydney Miller, and this is Not Afraid. Have you ever played with a Ouija board? Have you ever wondered who or what was actually communicating with you from the other side? Tonight, we hope to get those answers as we sit down with Darren Evans. Darren is a paranormal researcher from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He has been featured on several episodes of Ghost Adventures. Darren stars in the horror film, I Am Zozo, where he plays himself. He is also co-author of the book, The Zozo Phenomenon. Welcome to I'm Not Afraid of the Unknown, Zozo, the Ouija board demon. Darren, thank you for agreeing to talk with us tonight and share your experiences and knowledge of the Zozo demon. Sure. So Darren, Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being on and agreeing to sit down with us. So, um, Darren, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. As she said, I'm just a paranormal researcher uh, slash author from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, years ago, I began messing with boards that are in my teenage years, and we, uh, my first board that I ever was was ever on, we kind of started this whole thing. As far as my involvement was way back in the early 80s when we discovered a double-sided board that was surrounded by jars, preserved jars of blackbirds, <clears throat> which uh, was pretty spooky back, you know, back then. <clears throat> I didn't understand it. Uh, uh, oh, after that, I thought all boards had, had two sides to it. Uh, but this was a pretty menacing board. And that's where my uh, sessions began uh, with that board. And, uh, you know, to think that 40 years later that, that it would uh, that this phenomenon would be what it's you know what it's become is, is a pretty uh, hard to fathom kind of uh, you know and it's uh, it's just a very strange phenomenon from start to finish and um, but I'm a researcher from Tulsa and uh, I uh, discovered this phenomenon kind of exposed it to the world and some people say I kind of created a monster, but that wasn't my intent. Mm -hmm. And so, but it gets pretty deep, you know, and, um, but basically this thing came through and identified itself, of course, as Zio Zio. Um, and then I found out years later that uh, many other people were also having contact and strange experiences with this Z entity. So. Now, um, can I stop you one second? You were talking about the double-sided board. That's something I've never seen ever. Was it like handmade or is it just something, um, is that how you came into contact with yeah, Zozo? Or? Uh, yes, uh, I believe so. Um, it was double-sided. On one side was a, you know old William Fold uh, talking board. Mm -hmm. that was from the 60s. It had the square corners. I kind of have one. Laying around somewhere. 
uh, but it's an older board. Uh, but it was the other side that was um, grafted to it, and it had someone had uh, took the time to you know burn and etch on this board, and it was quite menacing, but it was also quite beautiful. Wow! And so uh, you know, yeah. So that was a pretty, uh, you know, I hadn't seen one like it since. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but again, I thought that I thought that all spirit boards were double sided when I first started messing with them. Uh, but what you know, we were told not to mess with the board that was found underneath that house. But of course, being teenagers, uh, we snuck it out and we began to have sessions with it, and uh, some strange things began to happen. You know, sure. and I become uh, quite obsessed with with contact you know i was the kind of guy that if you didn't believe in the spirit world you could call me and i'd bring my my uh you know earth wind and fire my chalice and my board and i'd come over and i'd just prove it to you and very seldomly um did i not convince people wow. that the spirit world was indeed very real wow that's um that's really amazing <laughs> so um let's see so what i guess let me go back so when you first started messing or playing with a ouija board who were you trying to communicate with was there a specific um person that you were trying to communicate with or well we like like a lot of people do uh we wanted to contact deceased loved ones and uh, dead rock stars <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah for sure <laughs> you know it wasn't you know not every session that i've been involved with you know was doom and gloom uh we asked to speak i remember getting on the board with one of my best friends at the time who was a big acdc fan and he was a big bon scott fan the original lead singer of, of uh, acdc well we we seemed to have uh he seemed to have dropped in one evening as we were uh you know uh requesting his presence and uh suddenly what was weird about that whole thing is suddenly its characteristics and its mannerisms uh began to communicate in an australian dialect type of uh, uh and and its slang words and stuff and it would spell things that there's no way that you know and it knew slang words from australia that there's no way that i would have remembered or my sure. friend for that matter even though we were fans of acdc right uh, so we were quite convinced that we were speaking to Bon Scott, you know, wow. uh, you know, but we would find out later that, you know, during some sessions and, and again, the same guy, when he asked how he would die, it spelled car wreck at night all alone. And that's exactly how he died a couple wow. years later. That's, that's awesome. I love some ACDC. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> we asked it during that same session one night. We asked it who his wife, who he was going to marry, and it spelled, it spelled an individual's name. And I said, "Well, do you have, do you have a phone number for that individual?" And it went to yes. And I said, "Well, spell the phone number." And we wrote down the phone number that it went across, and I actually dialed that number. This was before cell phones. And it was from a landline and I dialed that number and this woman answered the phone and I said, what's your name? She repeated the same name that was given to us. Uh, wow. So it's stuff like that that would happen uh, regularly that convinced me that 
I was dealing with the other side, you know, and I become obsessed. I actually began to develop big shoulder muscles because I was always using my hands on the board at some point, but I, 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 I didn't like to use it by myself. And so I went through a musical chair theater of, of, you know, of people (laughs) that I would do the board with uh, all over the country when I used to travel. Uh, Yeah. And so I'm not real pleased with, you know, with that, but, you know, some people become obsessed with these boards and it can lead to, in my case, it led to a nervous breakdown and, uh, you know, some, uh, some therapy and some um, exorcisms. I've had two exorcisms uh, from two different organizations back then in the nineties when I seemed to have been attacked by this thing. Uh, and so when I find when I found out later in the nineties, you know, after the, uh, advent of the internet, when I found out that other people were experiencing this particular entity, it was like a breath of fresh air, but at the same time, it was like a gulp, uh, of disturbing, uh, I knew that I wasn't crazy at that time, uh, at least I didn't feel as crazy as I thought I would, you know, uh, because other people you know, seemed to. Then when I went on a, a radio station and began to talk about this in 2009, it got the attention of John Zappis, mm-hmm. uh, who went on to record to, uh, to say that he had heard of this name during some of his investigations throughout the years. Hmm. And so that kind of gave, you know, validation to what I was. If people thought I, I was laughed out of paranormal chat rooms across the country, you know, 12 years ago, sure. uh, you know, when, it, when I began to, when I built this website originally, I began to document the stories uh, and, and I, I began to research it and, and I'm a pretty good researcher and I was able to uncover some very disturbing mentionings of this particular entity, even in a demonic sense, having found it in various, uh, uh, grimoire and uh, you know demonic encyclopedias such as uh, Solon, uh, Simon de Plancy's Dictionary Infernal, written in various editions in the in the nineteenth century. Uh, and so, when you begin to dig and you begin to validate this stuff, it kind of puts the you know, then I was uh, people really started to look into it. Wait a minute, what's the, this guy may not be crazy after all? You know what the hell's going on here? That's kind of what happened. Yeah, so back up just a second here. When did you first come into contact with Zozo? Do you know the year and how far were you into your experience with the Ouija board? Was it the first time? Was it the second time? I knew something was up with the name of Zozo because it was inscribed on the other side of that board, the real menacing looking side. Gotcha. And when we began to experiment with the board, let me grab something here. I have a board here. I don't know if you can see this, but yeah, we used a cassette uh, deal. This is a kind of a real planchet, but we used a cassette and I burnt, I cut a hole out for the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. But what was strange is that is that cassette would move off the table or mm-hmm. off the board, and then it would then scoot the whole board off the table. Really? And it would often land menacing side up. And it would even say that it preferred to speak to us on the other side, which we didn't like to use that side. 
Mm-hmm. But it, you know, it got pretty weird. That's when Mike, you know, began to speak to this this Zozo thing was, you know, back in 1982, I believe. Okay. Uh, and so there was a period of time, you know, and this this is a board that I rescued from a a, a haunting in in uh, Las Vegas. It's got incredible erosion on it. It's just really strange. There's some of the boards that I've uh, come across, this this has had some serious uh, movement done on it. Uh, not unlike the board that was found underneath the house uh, that was, again, surrounded by preserved blackbirds, which I found out later in my research. I found out that in the ancient Bosque language that Zozo is defined as blackbird or crow. Hmm, really? And so there definitely seems to be a significant esoteric connection between this, this particular entity and ravens, crows, the whole COVID, uh, Corvid family of uh, birds. Uh, and in, you know, when we filmed the, the, the horror film, I Am Zozo, uh, I was on site and had a strange experience inside that Freemasons temple that the movie's filmed in, parts of it. But I was actually, I actually filmed a raven that vanished in thin air. It's on my YouTube. Uh, uh, if you ever want to look at that, it's still up on my YouTube. And that was actually featured on the TV series Fact or Fake. That uh, was my first exposure to the paranormal as far as, uh, you know, my video of that particular raven. And, you know, it was perched in a tree and it reminded me that it was making some strange noises that caught my attention, which uh, made me start to film it. And I'll never forget, it kind of sounded like the old Batman series, Penguin. It was going, wah, 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 like it was laughing at me. Right. I had a strange experience inside this North, one of the largest Freemasons temples in North America, north of Seattle and in uh, Des Moines, Washington, in Puget Sound. There's this huge, and I believe it's torn down now. Uh, and it's a shame because it was an absolutely beautiful uh, place. But it was haunted, you know, and, we, and they picked that for a reason. Uh, and so I had this very strange experience in the in the bathroom that was shut down of this facility, which was a part of this Freemasons temple was an old hospital. And and they had apartments, but everybody shared the same bathroom. And so in this bathroom on each level, you know, on each wing, it had one bathroom that was, had like 13 stalls in it. Well, I got to wandering around in this in this temple, and I kind of got lost when I had to use the restroom. So I walked in this bathroom, and I you know got a strange feeling when I walked in there because it didn't have regular stalls; it had pull curtains that were designed you know to pull behind you so that you could use the restroom in private. Right. I'm thinking, man, that you know, and it seemed to be functional, uh, but I had a very strange experience in there that left me terrified. Something I, I could only describe as like an inner organ cramp. Hmm. Something took, took me over and I couldn't, I couldn't get my P's and Q's together, ladies. Uh, and, I, and I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, uh, I was you know, kind of raised a Christian. And so I actually tried to um, cry out to Jesus and Jesus wouldn't come out of my mouth. The word George was the only thing that would come out. Wow. And so... I was able to get past that, but that's when I walked outside of this establishment and I, you know, just needed a break and I went outside and I'll suddenly hear this 
raving, laughing at me. And so anyways, I brought it, I, I broke out my cell phone and I recorded that. And it simply vanishes before your very eyes on this video. There's no, and I actually sent the SD card to uh, a digital uh, forensic pathologist that the show hired and they were unable to debunk. Uh, there was no pixelation. There was no disturbance of uh, that footage that was filmed on an old Blackberry cell phone. Wow. Uh, but there does seem to be a connection you know, between the two. And so what that connection is, who knows? Uh, as we know, ravens uh, are very mysterious animals. Yes. Throughout history, they've been used in uh, raven knowledge, the, the, you know, the prophecies, the omens and stuff. The, uh, not just, uh, you know, uh, Indians believed it too. I mean, they had their own beliefs about these ravens. Very intelligent, you know, super intelligent. They could recognize themselves in a mirror. Uh, you know, unlike a lot of, you know, 99% of animals. Um, and so I still find it strange that that board was found amongst preserved blackbirds. I'll never forget when we dug these, and these were old lightning jars. They had the mechanical tops on them. And I remember why it had a strange white chalky substance on these uh, jars of preserved blackbirds. I remember pulling one out wiping it down with a, with a towel and holding it to the light. And I remember seeing the blood red eyes were still, were still intact, uh, you know, and it was very spooky. Uh, and so we often, you know, what the hell did we uncover here? And I've never seen anything like it since, but it does seem to uh, someone, I believe, was talking to whatever this thing is. And so years later, when I found out that other people and I've had uh, in my book, um, the Zozo phenomenon is available still on Amazon or wherever books are sold pretty much. Uh, I co-authored it with uh, the late, great Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who's, mm -hmm. who passed away about a year after, you know, a year or two after writing the book with me. We were actually writing a follow-up to that uh, Zozo phenomenon when she got sick. And had to start canceling appearances and bless her heart she's she's passed but I, I miss rose a lot she was you know an author of over 64 books on the paranormal wow and so she was she was about to explode in media and she had to turn down a lot of media uh you know she was on some show you know about the paranormal witness and everything and uh you know i miss her you know i learned a lot from rosemary um and so you know and then there's been another Zozo book that's been written, and one of the co-authors, another female co-author, died that wrote that book. Hmm. So now with that's, you know, two Zozo books, two authors have, have perished. Not yeah. saying they're connected, <laughs> but it is suspicious. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, and so I've been kind of a guy that warns people about the dangers of boards and what you know what the dangers do exist. Absolutely. So, uh, I wonder why we haven't heard much, you know, before, I, I guess, personally, I, I had never heard of Zozo until, like I said, watching your, um, your episodes and whatnot, but what type, of, I mean, it, obviously he's a demon, um, what, I mean, do you think he came through previous, like, you know, back during spiritualism, whenever, of course, did they have boards, thin, you know, when they used the boards then, or is it just something now um, that we're hearing about? Has he been around for a while? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he's obviously been around for a while. Where's he come from? 
what type of demon is he and what is he looking to do? You know, it's been it's been mentioned in in, uh, in so many different periodicals, books, magazines, scientific journals, uh, in many different languages. Um, I had an individual contact me from Tibet that had a Zozo experience in the mountains of, of the, you know, Nepal uh, near a school to where he said an old man named Zozo was pushing off students oh, okay. off cliffs, you know, sent me pictures of this school. Now in this mountainous region, they have schools that are built on the sides of mountaintops, you know? Right. And so that got me to digging into some uh, ancient Tibetan demonology. And the, so the oldest record reference of Zozo comes from the seventh century. That's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And in this prophecy, which was, uh, uh, it was deciphered by a professor of Asian uh, studies. Uh, his name uh, ev evades me right at the current moment, but he wrote a fantastic journal and probably knew more about the, the, the ancient uh, Nepal ways and culture than anybody else, because he, for years, he, you know, he, he, he was over there and experienced the culture firsthand and heard generations of stories, you know, handed down. Well, anyway, there was a prophecy that he had uncovered that mentions a king that releases an individual, a human being from the ninth citadel of copper underneath the earth. And he reluctantly releases this human being in this in this Tibetan prophecy. Now, follow me. Uh -huh. The demons of the earth. Now, this is supposedly signify and trigger the end of mankind, according to this prophecy. That when this human being is released upon the earth, that all the demons of the earth will will join him. And I about fell out of my chair when they said it. They, it its name was Zozo. Oh, wow. And so, okay. in this prophecy, it goes into say that the, the, that the historical record keeping is not, the, the passing of time is not necessarily linear as humans so often uh, you know, are sensitive to or, or perceive, so to speak. Mm. It describes a, a different method of timekeeping, but it does talk about how this how demon become or this zozo human being becomes a lord of all demons and they they join together and try to bring a bring you know bring forth the end of mankind and so in this prophecy again a demon or a human being that joined and I thought that was strange because that's one of the only references of zozo being human right okay and so I've found so many connections that it's just absolutely mind-bending. Uh, for instance, in the uh, Melanesian language, the term Zozo is defined as a sleeping, walking spirit. Hmm. Um, there, are, there are many mentionings of a particular tribe uh, that existed in Africa that was responsible for the spreading of Ebola, and they were called the Zozo people. 
and they practiced very bizarre scarification rituals. They would drink bodily fluids and blood and that kind of thing. And they wore a mask that they, they called this the pronunciation of it, Z-O. When they wore this mask, it's supposed to take your last breath. And the shaman of this particular tribe, when someone died, he wanted to, he wanted to wear that mask and he would inhale their last breath. Hmm. If he didn't do that, supposedly the, the spirit of the mask would go inside the person. So there's, there's just mentioning after mentioning after mentioning of, uh, of this thing. And in early, there's a, there's a UFO connection in the early, uh, in 1964. No, this was in the 50s. Uh, George Edmondson, an early UFO pioneer, began to have Ouija sessions when in which he was summoning UFOs. Now, his, this guy was an early UFO pioneer. Mm-hmm. And he began, him and his wife and another couple began to have Ouija sessions, and they summoned something that called itself Zoe. And it gave warnings to human beings. This was back in the 50s. It's mentioned in the book, The Saucers Speak, by George Williamson, not Edmondson, George Williamson. Uh, in 1964, Alan Vaughn was a paranormal researcher. He began to have Ouija, uh, began to experiment with Ouija and had, began to uh, have contact with something that identified itself only as Z. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's also, uh, there's many stories of people getting confused, possibly uh, also with Zaza, Z-A-Z-A. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, some, there's been some, some quite harrowing stories involving that particular if it is a separate entity or if it's the same one we really don't know but there does seem to be the strange mama entity that often surfaces with uh, zozo encounters where they they kind of play a tug of war psychologically with the participants so hmm very strange but it's true so zozo zaza mama is all the same demon is it still Zozo or that's where I get super confused. I mean, some people believe it. I mean, just because I've done a lot of research doesn't mean that everything that I say is the truth or, or, you know, or, you know, I call it as I see it. I have no reason to lie. Uh, I do have an open mind, uh, but I can't, you know, I let people decide for themselves, you know, and I, uh, I, I'm very hesitant to say that I can prove anything or, or whatever, but these things, I've had some very strange experiences uh, that defy all logic. And again, when I found out that other people were having experiences, this, you know, and let me just say, thankfully, that a lot of this stuff's come to a crashing halt after 2020. I do believe that this thing, it was, you know, I, Rosemary and I were getting emails from people that were having Ouija experiences that were, that, that sent us emails saying that Dozo was saying the end of the world was going to be in 2020. And I've got screenshots of tweets and and, uh, Facebook postings to prove. Uh, I was putting posts out there saying we were getting uh, correspondence from people that were very serious about their contact with Dozo. And it even uh, even predicted Donald Trump's presidency in one particular (laughs) encounter. Uh, and so, and, and said that we might be going to war with either China or Russia. So, you know, you know, we still don't understand, uh, the, the idea, the idea motor effect doesn't, doesn't explain away at the mechanics of what happens when you put your fingers on a planchet. 
you know. Now I do believe that there is some there is some audio motorized action at at work, but it doesn't explain how people will often misspell a a word that they would never misspell on a board. And that's happened to me several times. The abbreviations that are used in some of my, I can remember having the sessions would be so incredibly fast that I would lose track of my train of thought. I didn't know what the hell it was saying. People would have to stand above us and record the conversations as they came, you know, as they came. Now, how does, no, that doesn't fall under the whole audio motorized action deal either. Uh, and so, for instance, when you know, I, I guys, I, I know I talk a lot, but when you, let's say four or five people put their hands on a planchet, how is it able to resolve micro, uh, in a micro fraction of a minute, resolve all everybody's mind into one coherent spelling uh, sequence? That's not going to happen, you know, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of uh, gray area when it comes to, are we speaking to something outside of ourselves? Or are we speaking to something internal that's either a part of us or that can communicate in our minds? Uh, I'm sure you ladies have heard how criminals often claim before they, or after they commit their heinous acts, they often say that they heard voices in their head. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you see a radio, when, when, a, when a primitive person, an aborigine or, or, or something that doesn't even know what the hell a radio is, when they see a radio and when it turns on, they think that that thing's talking. Okay. And so, you know, uh, you know, maybe when we hear perhaps these demons or, or entities are able to contact, you know, communicate with us subconsciously, getting back to one of the questions earlier is, is you know, is it, a, is it a demon? Is it, is it, a, is it, a, uh, is it a, an egregore, which is a, you know, uh, sim similar to the Slender Man, where it's a, an artificial um, entity that kind of takes a life of its own? Right. This this kind of appears to have taken on that. Uh, but again, after 2020, things really began to slow down with this phenomenon. And I'm quite glad uh, things were getting pretty crazy because it was it was saying that it was 2020. And then when this COVID-19 came, that's scary shit, you know. Sure. Um, so I know that um, demons are, can sometimes or at least I've heard that they can sometimes um, disguise themselves or pretend that they're somebody else by giving you a false name. So do you think that Zozo is its real name or is that just the name that it's giving you? Boy, that's a, that's the <laughs> million dollar question right there. <laughs> I have uncovered um, research into the letter Z that's quite fascinating. Um, it's only in the last 150 years that it began to be called Z. Uh, <laughs> It was the letter Z was actually eliminated from several languages uh, in antiquity. Uh, the Latin scholars eliminated it because the mere pronunciation of the letter itself caused the, the face to contort in a skull type of which they called uh, the rictus of death, which was the digging up of a fresh corpse. They associated the letter Z along with Shakespeare. And others, King Leary, that associated the letter Z and called it the horse on Z, uh, the evil eschological letter, the letter of prophecy, the letter of the zigzag. And so why is it it's the least used uh, letter of the human language or the, of the English language? And so 
what we find out in Hebrew, though, is, is the letter placement. And, you know, in Hebrew, every uh, color has a, has a designated sound as well as a vibration, a numeric vibration. And so when you begin to do, look at the gematria side of it, and the, you know, the, the, the numerical uh, aspect of Zozo, it becomes, you know, the letter or the number 28, which is associated with the Feast of the Beast the beast and, and other things, but there's, a, there's just a lot of things um, associated with, with not only letter Z, but the Z-O. And according to Hebrew, the, the word Oz is a very good word, O-Z. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. when you switch those letters around to Zo, it becomes the opposite of that good word and becomes a, a bad word. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, and I've, I've found... Uh, literature discussing this very thing, uh, as well as a, uh, an ancient shaman that described zoe demons that it would attack his students that would cause them to rock back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he called them the demons of the zoe and of the ma, M-A. Mm-hmm. Now, how did he know this? You know, mm-hmm. and so how did these people from from hundreds of years ago uh you know in italy an ancient uh franciscan pope described in a uh in a in a big session or in a big uh, get together where he described uh zozo in a demonic sense uh, and that, and it was in and it was it was actually in latin and it was uh you know, quite fascinating that Zozo would be brought up in the 1700s as a demon. And then again in the 1800s as a demon in the dictionary uh, infernal. And so um, I found other references to Zozo written in Latin. It's old school Latin that I can't uh, decipher. I, I'm not, I'm not a, a scholar of Latin, but I, I know a little bit about it. And uh, it's, you know, there's so many connections that it's just crazy. And so the, the more I've dug, the more I've found on this. And I think I'm about found in all I want to find when it comes to the phenomenon. So, Yeah, I'm sure. But so why, why do you think Zozo is mainly affiliated with the Ouija board? Um, is it just easier way for him to come through or is just, I'm not really sure. Because uh, when you find so much evidence of it existing prior to the, to the modern invention of the, of the Ouija, uh, you know, I, I think that it's just, I think that a lot of people, a lot of backyard paranormal enthusiasts, uh, anybody that wants a paranormal experience, one of the easiest things they can do or grab is a board. Yeah. And not just the uh, the William Fold or the Parker Brothers boards. I mean, there's there's millions of other boards that have been manufactured and sold and, and built and made. And I mean, there's millions and gazillions of, you know, um, but it's when the manufacturers such as Hasbro and Brian Goldner, rest, may he rest in peace, I predicted that they were going to make a film about the Ouija board and, and conduct it in such a manner where it had elements of a horror film, such as The Ring, where on one hand, they say it's just a toy. And on the other hand, they produce a movie that has a lot of scare, scary stuff for kids. Uh, and the way it's marketed to children, um, purples, pastels, you know, uh these little girly boards you know <laughs> i don't think parents realize uh, and some have a lot of atheists are cool with, uh, cool with all beliefs but 
there's a lot of parents that may not give a shit that their daughter's been threatened to be dragged to hell by a demonic force uh, in its descriptions when they communicate. So it's no wonder that, that fear is such a factor involved. You know, and of course, Hollywood has a lot to do with that. Uh, but it's not just the exorcists that gave the Ouija board a bad reputation, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, the Ouija board need only look in the mirror uh, to see book after book after book even before the, the ouija board was was invented people were were, uh, were having sessions on planchets and, and and hand devices uh dialects and planchets of different uh and so while that you know while that ouija board was invented in 1891 you know for 20 years before that people were still talking to the spirits in different ways right and they were coming across very evil spirits during these communication and these seances uh, so, you know, I, mean, I, I've, I've posted a lot of those in my, uh, blog at Darren Evans Paranormal, uh, at Gmail or at, uh, uh, if you type in Darren Evans Paranormal, you'll be taken to one of my blogs where I document a lot of this stuff, you know, and I've been accused of making this stuff up as well. <coughs> I've had, I've been torn apart by critics, uh, but I didn't make it up. I simply had my experiences and I began to figure out other people. And if you go to the top, the uh, topsecret.com or above secret, above secret.com, one of those, it's on my, uh, there's a link to it on my, on my blog site. Uh, there's a site, uh, unsolvedmysteries.com has a particular page where before I went public with my experiences back in 2008, there were other people sharing their experiences from uh, perhaps a decade before that oh. on that website. And one of them uh, that isn't listed on there was from a, a Nigerian chat room in 1998, in which a guy was asking questions in in you know in Africa. Has anybody come across this zio zio during Ouija you know, sessions? And then in the film, there's a film um, in which Zozo is mentioned uh, in this horror film as. Uh, the guard, the guard, the two-headed dog that gate that guards the gates of hell. I have a clip of that, uh, some on my site as well. Uh, and so, when you start looking at all these connections that mention this thing as a de as a demon, uh, there's but there's literature there, and, all, and what's weird is they all seem to be unconnected and disconnected. Uh, and that's the another strange part of this whole phenomenon is the way it seamlessly jumps from geographic location it, it jumps the language barriers but in every language and in every instance pretty much the term zeo or zeo zeo is very negative and very blasphemous you've got the burning of the zozobra you've got the zo people of burma you have all these i mean it's just crazy how much negative shit is in, invested with this term and so who knows what the hell it really is. Uh, but I do believe to be an embodiment of negativity, if that makes any sense. Right. So when you were communicating with it the first time through the Ouija board and you were done with your session, did you close that session out properly? And if so, how was it that the Zozo demon remained? There was many times, you know, we didn't close them properly. Uh, there was many times we tried to. Uh, but it was always pretend to be other people, and it would, it would do so with an intellectualism uh, 
it could read minds and you know it, it, it would mess with you to the point psychologically where it would scare the shit out of you. I, it knew when women were on their um, uh, cycle. Wow. Things like that. You know, uh, we took it over to my uh, one of my best friends and his wife did not believe in demons, did not believe in the spirit world at all. We took it over there and we messed around on the board for perhaps 30 minutes to an hour. All it would spell was window. Window. I'm thinking, I kept looking at the window. Like, What's going on here? And so his wife went to the kitchen. She went to go get us some drinks, and when we heard the glass break, and she screamed and said somebody was looking inside of the window at her, that, that understood why it was saying window, and we bolted out the door and chased this bizarre-looking guy all the way two, three blocks away and did not even know that this was that Tulsa Behavior Science Facility was there. They don't advertise it as being there, but it's a place where they have perhaps 20 to 30 mental patients. One of them had escaped and was, period, for whatever reason, walked, walked to a house two or three blocks away and started peeking in the kitchen window. And so, you know, and so we've chased this guy and the cops were already at the facility. He'd already, he'd already been mentioned as missing and he'd already run back in there. He was scared because we were chasing him. He was fast. Great big old tall bald headed guy. Freaky looking dude, man. Well, when the cops went in their interview and they came back out and they said, well, that was, you know, that was strange. And I said, well, what did they say? Because we were out of breath, you know, and the cops were like trying to calm us down and shit. And so, but the, I'll never forget that cop said that the cop asked him why he, you know, why he did what he did. And he said, the devil made him do it. Oh, <laughs> we've heard that before. I just watched that movie the other day. I know. <laughs> so, um. uh, but you know, I still, uh, you know, I, I try, I, I used to be pretty obsessed with this whole deal. And it's, uh, you know, I had to have some therapy uh, because I was getting death threats. I was getting crazy stalkers, you know. Uh, and so I'm glad things have calmed down and I've got a normal life. I don't know how I've managed to achieve that. Uh, I'm still very interested in, the, you know, in, in paranormal research. And I don't know if you guys have seen the Norman episode on uh, the show A Haunting. They called me in to do an investigation on a haunted doll. Very strange things happened. The Norman, so, Norman episode, you said? Yeah, it's called Norman the Haunted Doll. Okay. Oh, okay. And so it's a really cool episode. Check it out. And mm -hmm. I just made, I'm kind of a guitar freak, but I just made this on a vintage Yamaha oh, guitar. That's so cool. On, <laughs> awesome. On the guitar. And so, yeah. I, was, Shame I can't I play the guitar. Cool. I'd want one. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. You don't see that too often. No, no that's so, awesome. But ladies, it's been it's been great. But I'll tell you, I never, you know, I do encourage anybody that's interested in that phenomenon to pick up the book, the Zozo phenomenon, because girl, uh, we did a lot of research, and uh, it's just crazy, you know, all the different connections, and a lot of people share their stories uh, with us, and we got permission to share a bunch of them, and it's in the book too, and so. You know, it's uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it, I don't have near as many people that claim to be uh, haunted by it or affecting it, affecting them nearly as much as it was even you know a few years ago. And so, that's interesting. That's a good thing, ladies. And 
do you know, I mean, I know you mentioned about the 2020 just supposed to be the um, end of humanity or whatever. Is that why you think Zozo's not messing with people as much? Uh, you know, you said it kind of calmed down since 2020. Um, I think I just can't help but think it had something to do with with its whole uh, surfacing, you know. Right. Um, you know, and so I, I really don't think it's it was it was intended. I mean, if we were to believe that that was its real name, that it would uh, it would actually we'd have to turn our back on a whole Catholic demonology philosophy period, uh, because they believe that you know, and for good reason, uh, you know, in exorcisms they use its name against it. But you know, the weird thing about the Zozo phenomena. Mm -hmm. It wants you to say its name. Exactly. You no, know, and it, it says there's a power in that name. It's what it told me. And so, <laughs> and again, there's there seems to be some kind of strange power when it comes to the letter Z combining it with other words. You know, you know you believe that if we take that with a grain of salt, because I don't believe everybody that I named my son Zach with the letter Z. So <laughs> I don't think people are haunted, but I do know that I was able to decide, you know, uncover some insurance, some startling insurance statistics that say people with the letter Z in their license plate are much more susceptible to fatal vehicle accidents. Hmm. Really? Strange. Yep. My son's name is Zach, too, so we don't say that. We won't say anything has to do with that. <laughs> no, but, you know, the, the letter Z is fascinating. You know, it was pronounced Izzard uh, for so long, and it just has a very fascinating history. Yeah, uh, you know, and so, and, but it does seem to have. It's a buzzing. It's a buzzword. Z. It's it has such a kind of a power. The letter Z is a scepter. Uh, you know, it's got great power in the Babylonian times. Uh, Gregorian. Uh, you know, it, it seems to have its own kind of power in a way. It's it's kind of strange. Uh, the Z glyphs, the Mayan Z glyphs, are the only ones that were, that have not been deciphered. Hmm. <laughs> So I don't know, uh, but it's fascinating stuff, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I was, I was summoning UFOs out in Nevada a couple of years ago. Uh, Fox 23 News came out. Now, can you imagine the looks I was getting uh, trying to summon UFOs using a Ouija board? And, you know, <laughs> uh, I had a shaman that blessed us. So we did, you know, we, we took some preparatory uh, actions uh, before going into that deal. But that was crazy. We actually was on, you know, got a lot of news coverage on that. Me and uh, uh, the guys that were involved, uh, uh, Joshua Warren and uh, David Weatherly, uh, you know, two fantastic power players in the paranormal, you know. And so uh, it, it's it's fun to – I've been pretty lucky to have met the people that I've met in the paranormal field. Uh, you know, I've met a lot, of, a lot of celebrities in the field that all have their niche, all have the things that they do. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a cool field, um, you know, being on ghost adventures, uh, several times and working with them guys and seeing how they do things and, and, and how they're able to, you know, uh, go about, you know, you run a tight ship, you know, and the whole running gun filming aspect is very works. They've set a niche, you know, they've set the bar high in, in that field. And so it's always fun to see what they got going on. Uh, it's very, it's very controversial, the difference between, um, you know, an actual investigation and what might be considered entertainment. And so there's a fine line between those two, but, uh, I've been fortunate. I've been kind of, I've been involved in a lot of different locations and investigations with several different teams, uh, and have been around the block for the last decade. So, uh, it's nice to, um, you know, experience the, uh, the recognition, um, that I've gotten 
from a demon, I guess, you know? And so, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, but again, it, it, it's, it's not without some degree of guilt uh, for being the guy that's had to basically expose it, you know? And so do, am I going to pay a price for that? I hope not. You know, I hope I'm forgiven, but because if it wasn't for me, somebody else would have exposed it. It would have came out uh, eventually anyway, uh, I think. And so, but it is what it is. And uh, it's, it remains a controversial topic, Ouija boards, period. Yeah. And a lot of people want to group together. They want to put the board as the same categories, ghost boxes and electrical equipment. Uh, and it's amazing. The majority of people that think they're one and the same. And I don't think they are. I would agree with that. I think that when you're using when you're giving out an invitation, biologically interfacing with the spirit world, as opposed to letting an electronic gizmo do its thing, we, right. we're kind of we have electronal discharges in our bodies as well, and so I think we're dealing with two different things when you're doing a Ouija board as opposed to a spirit box. But then again, that's just my opinion. What do I know? No, I kind of agree with you. There's a whole different <laughs> between hands-on and like you said it has something to communicate through um then just people just think um with the ouija board you know you were just saying earlier about you know say anybody could pick one up um we have children that are playing with them i always thought it was more about intention but it sounds like from what you're saying basically you can just try to communicate with something and you don't know what you're going to get so um what would you really suggest for like, like my children, when they were young, I bought one, they were out on the um, trampoline, they were playing, you know, nothing happened. And I always felt that it was more about intention, what you were trying, if your thought process and putting all your energy into wanting to actually contact somebody, then you open up that portal, open up that communication, and there you go. So is it about intention or just, you know, anybody can sit down and, you know, be playing around? Well, there's a thing. There's a thing that science called could actually describes it can be quite dangerous called uh, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's basically when you when you plant a seed that something's going to happen in the future. Does that affect the outcome? And I think it does. And it's been proven that it does. And so regardless of your stance on the boards, whether whether we're messing with something that internal or external, um, if you're a responsible person, you have to admit that there are certain dangers involved uh, in the revealing of information to an individual who may not be prepared for that information, psychologically, such as a child, a teenager, or even an adult that isn't prepared uh, and might hear something, especially we'll always warn people never to uh, ask something pertaining to future events or death. Yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> because it can be, you know, be careful what you wish for. You know, these things can happen. I've seen it happen. Uh, and thank God, it, you know, it said I was going to be stabbed one time. It said I was going to lose my life in a stabbing. Well, I got stabbed. I've got a huge scar right there. Ooh. And I I nearly lost my life. So don't think that wasn't in the back of my mind as I'm laying in a pool of blood after being stabbed uh, by you know, a woman that was using a Ouija board behind my back. So... There's an element of danger involved when you begin to communicate with something that knows more about you than you do, you know, uh, something that knows where hidden objects are, something that knows middle names of people and dates of birth that we don't know. 
when it starts revealing that information, that can be a predeterminant of what you're actually speaking to could be a couple of levels higher than uh, what you bargained for, which could be the result of, of uh, demonic attachment. I hate to say the word demonic, but I mean, that's what this thing is. Right. Uh, and, you know, again, the, the word demon is just a label that we use to describe something that we don't understand. And so regardless of what label you use, these things happen and people have these experiences and I get, I get attacked by people. Oh, it's all bullshit. Nobody, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, it may be bullshit to you, but until you have paranormal experience, you're going to be a skeptic naturally. Right. And so I just recommend that people that do, if, if you're going to do a board to make sure you use a really, uh, you know, protect yourself, use whatever belief system that you have and implement that belief system into your intent on the, make sure you have the proper intent. Uh, make sure you close it correctly. Uh, don't be like I did on ghost adventures. When the producers told us to get out of that mansion and suddenly we had to go and we didn't close the damn thing. Right. I saw that. I nearly died three days after that of pneumonia, a sudden onset of pneumonia and blood sepsis. And so that was, you know, that was the last time I was on Ghost Adventures. I don't know that they'll ever have me back. You know, that uh, I tell it like it is. You know, we didn't close the, the session properly. And so I do recommend it, even if it's for your own uh, placebic benefit, mm -hmm. that you have some type of closing ritual and prayer or whatever. Uh, and not to take it too seriously, don't ask questions about death uh, and future events because it plants those seeds of self-folding prophecy. And just tell people be careful, you know. Yeah. And uh you know, be skeptical of who you're speaking with because it can reveal itself to be something that you may not want to want to deal with. Right. Yeah, because once you get that thought in your mind, it's like it's back there, you know, I'm gonna die, you know, two years from now. You know, you can actually put exactly. it out in the universe and, and it actually like I said, self-fulfilling, you know. So I definitely believe don't want to know. Don't tell me when I'm going to die, what's coming up in the future, you know, anything. I don't want to know. <laughs> Just let it out. Well, you know, I, I do believe in the laws, different laws of attraction that, that uh, you know, like is definitely drawn unto itself. And I think that when we start messing with negative associations, powers, and principles, that we reflect and attract that same negativity in our lives. And so regardless of what our belief system is, I think if we're, if we're wholesome people and we believe in good and we have morals, and we have, we don't want to hurt people, we want to do what's right. I think that that's, you know, has a lot to do with what happens to us as individuals, especially on a board, and some people have a lot of more sensitivity. For instance, you may be a light trance medium and not know it, but you probably do know it, uh, and those people that have a heightened sensitivity to these spirits and energies, they can go into these things, and they can become quite taken over, uh, easily by these deceptive spirits okay yeah and so if you're empathic if you know deep empaths and and people with these types of gifts uh have considerable more sensitivity to the spirit world and can bring these things out uh much with more emphasis and power than people that may just have been doing it just you know just to try to see to, to scare their best friend or whatever and they're you know and so uh it's it's just I, I just tell people to be careful and, and and you know and to and to be responsible because there's way too many people catching them on fire, drinking, doing drugs with them, that kind of stuff. And, you know, and it's just 
it's not it's not something that that can you know, that you need to do uh and so i just tell people to be careful and um, not all sessions are going to produce scary dramatic uh exorcist type scenarios mm -hmm. but how many good stories have you heard not when it comes not. to we none you know, in today's today's culture, in today's society, you're having a lot more positive people that are, that are basically trying to prove that the Ouija board is not something that should be feared or something that should be, you know, uh, I just let people make their own minds up, you know, right. I encourage people to make up their own minds and, and use their own level headedness and going into an experience and see what happens. And then, you know, because uh, something's going to happen. <laughs> usually but yeah i definitely i'm i'm a good guy i'm not a devil worshiper and i you know i've been accused of all those things but i'm a I'm, i try to help people and i you know i try to um i try to do the right thing and so i think that part of that is warning people to be careful when it comes to boards gotcha well darren is there anything else you would like to add that we didn't talk about tonight anything you would like to leave our listeners with Nope, you guys did a wonderful job, and thank you for having me on. And um, I hope that everybody has a good evening. And thank you so much, Darren, for agreeing to sit down with us. And you have really filled us in on a lot more than what I knew about Zozo. So, um, but thank you so much for agreeing to sit down. It's so nice to finally meet you. You're welcome, ladies. Take care, and God bless. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thank next time. Thank care. you. So tune in uh, next time as we discuss the legend of Indrid Cold. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite streaming service. I'm Sydney Miller, 